in a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Geeks, and welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, cycles, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, TV, comics, books, and what have you. And tonight, I've got a special guest to talk about one of the classic revenge teen comedies of all time, Heathers. Uh, with me tonight is Reese, coming uh, from Shaco Sessions, a voice actor. Many hats have been worn, as we were talking about before the uh, episode started. Welcome. I run my mouth for a living. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I got into podcasting as I was talking so much anyway. I might as well try to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Everyone does their best. So all the hats you're wearing. Okay, so you're a YouTuber, you're a podcaster, voice actor. What what kind of stuff can we see you in? Yeah, so uh, I've been a voice actor for 25 years. Um, I've done everything. I do on-hold messaging. I do local commercials for Virginia Lottery and local businesses, things like that, um, that you hear on the radio. And then every Tuesday at 7.30, I host a live weekly live streaming series called Shaco Sessions Live with In Your Ear Studio downtown. We have a band that plays and I read comments that are going on during, during the recording and everything. It's a lot of fun. And then we have a companion podcast to that called This Room Sounds Great, where we get to interview the musicians about a week before. So, uh, so we actually get to chat with them more than have them just perform. And then I have my own podcast called Spying on Humanity. So yeah, like I said, I run my mouth for a living. Well, fortunately for our listeners, uh, we're, we haven't run an hour of running our mouths about this fantastic <laughs> film. When I when I joke at parties, I say I use my mouth for a living. <laughs> I always like to leave that open to I, just see what people think. I might have to steal that from you. That is fantastic. I love that. Now, uh, Heather's is from 1989, tail end of the 80s. It's got, you know, two heartthrobs of the 80s and 90s when a writer and Christian Slater is the main characters and this movie was kind of the beginning of almost its own genre of like teen girl revenge high school movies yeah there's yeah. all these and making murder acceptable weirdly acceptable it's strange <laughs> like the the closest kind of spiritual sibling to Heather's would probably be Jawbreaker from, oh, the, yeah, from the late yeah. 90s, about 10 Rose years McGowan, ago. Rose McGowan, right? Uh, Rose McGowan, and I think Denise Richards was in it, and a, f- a few other folks, but it very much has the same DNA as mm-hmm. Heather's does. Uh, you know, teen girls getting super catty to the point of murder happening. So, uh, And then we've got a kind of nicer version of it with uh, Mean Girls in yeah. the uh, early 2000s as well. Less murder. Yeah. Um, I think someone gets hit by a bus, but I don't think there's actual murder in Mean Girls. So Yeah, and they make Rachel McAdams get real fat, but that's not... <laughs> <laughs> now, the interesting thing with a movie that is, you know, close to 40 years old, uh, like 30-something <gasps> years old, I know. Oh, my. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 30-plus years old at this point. It's uh, interesting to see kind of culturally how we've changed over the years uh to what's acceptable and not acceptable and heather's is definitely one of those moments where i don't think it overall aged terribly it, it's not problematic like some movies are there's just some things that are a little bit much and kind of figuring out how to put that in a more modern element like at one point christian slater's character pulls a gun in school 
Right. But it's full of blanks, so he only gets, what, a week suspension? <laughs> I'm shocked how many people don't know about it. When I mentioned to several people that I was coming on to do this, they were like, yeah, I don't know it. And I thought, oh, you're not sick and twisted. No wonder we're just acquaintances. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> and now we have things like American Horror Story. You know, if you think about the, the if you want to go 30, the 30 year arc. Sure. You know, now we have things like that where it's just out there. Wide on, open. Wide open. Mm-hmm. You're thinking like 1989, the stuff that we were able to see on television isn't anywhere close to what we can get on TV now. I mean, we've got like The Walking Dead and like uh, all these shows, even Hannibal. If you ever watched an episode of Hannibal, that's so gory and it's on, that's on network television or was. Mm-hmm. So just the, the arc of what is acceptable and not acceptable has changed pretty dramatically. Yeah. Well, and the big difference too with them is it wasn't necessarily gory, but it was just the fact that it was high school age children mm-hmm. that were plotting and colluding and <laughs> doing what they were doing. I think early in the film, one of the Heathers says something along the lines of like, fuck me with a chainsaw. And that's when you know you're off to the races. Like, okay, this is not a PG-13, like, teen comedy romp kind of thing. This is a little more realistic, honestly. (laughs) And she's, of course, she's so prim and proper with her scrunchie and, you know. Right. It does, I do enjoy films like this where it shows the teenage uh, lifestyle and it's not cleaned up like a lot of the teen comedies tend to be where there's kids smoking and drinking and having sex and, and just being just bad people, just gross teenagers with terrible opinions and are think they know everything kind of attitudes. And it's important. And that's even portrayed in the main characters, the, the like the good guys, quote unquote, of this story are still kind of full of themselves. Well, they are. And they also give you with each character, character, they give you a glimpse into their home life, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, as you say, a lot of show, a lot of movies, They'll sort of gloss over that. You know, you've got your John Hughes. Wow, really? Everybody lives in like a Frank Lloyd Wright house and has Porsches in their garage? Right. Okay, you know. So, you know, this kind of gave you a glimpse. I mean, Veronica's parents are pretty odd. You know, they're really weird. They're very frank with her. They talk to her like a friend almost. She doesn't have a whole lot of boundaries. Um, and then, of course, JD. I mean, his dad is just definitely, quote unquote, his best friend. Yeah, right. Whatever, so. It's definitely like single dad that's just like fuck it i'm not gonna be a dad i'm just gonna be he's just my guy kind of attitude last year of high school who cares yeah right (laughs) it's not like he's gonna go on a murder spree or anything (laughs) he's not gonna strap a bomb to himself you know thinking about that too culturally culturally this was well before any invasions on school oh yeah and that's kind of what i'm interested to see on how we approach it because these are big taboos nowadays for you know good reason we, anything from columbine on talking about uh explosives or school shootings anything of that ilk it doesn't play too well it, it's mm-hmm. a sensitivity culturally and i'm kind of interested to see how either both of us uh have decided to kind of avoid that mm-hmm. that uh mm-hmm. or or better modernize that that conversation <laughs> that the movie has uh, first off are are you doing a modern take or is this like a period piece like set in the eighties or it's a modern take, okay. um, but a completely different age group. Okay. Setting. Yeah. Well then uh, what age group are you looking at? Are you thinking like college or. Adults. They're adults, young adults. Mm-hmm. It'd be a bit much to see kindergartners trying to kill each other. That'd be. <laughs> you can see kids on their tricycle, like right? going full speed. Somebody else trying to clip them on the heels to like 
plow them over. <laughs> See some like Mad Max style like tricycles going around the schoolyard. Yeah, that I'm I'm actually that sounds incredible. I'm actually kind of into that. That uh, might have to come up in another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. Okay, so so college age. Yeah, so college age uh, aroundish, and and you know the thought is that they're they've all gotten their first jobs. You know, so they're they're kind of in cubicle world. Um, so you know, as a reimagining, they're a little older. They're in cubicle world, and so they're kind of all the Karens. Oh no! <laughs> Instead of the Heather's. <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody, you know, that everybody still has a similar. Um, disposition as the initial Heathers, but I've chosen actresses who can really embody them better. And then of course you have just circumstantial things going on that allows them to play out, you know, all the stuff that they did in Heathers as well. Sure. Nice. I, uh, <laughs> I, I kept mine at the same age, but there was, I think culturally kind of important to inform the kind of classist conversation that was an undertone in the original and really pump that up a bit more is that instead of a regular public school, I made this a private Catholic school that all the kids went to. So there are conversations about there only being a couple minority students there. There are conversations about Veronica kind of not belonging in her own way, even though her family is wealthy. It's like new money versus old money. And um, I, I actually uh, cast an, an Asian actress for Veronica in my, in my main version. So there is a light, light touch uh, institutional racism conversation happening as well mm -hmm. in that. And so, I, which I think is, I, I kind of like the idea that the carrot is dangled that she could be one of the cool kids without there ever being any real intention of her being one of the cool kids. It's just to get her to do stuff. And yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely wanted to kind of embolden that conversation a little bit by having um, a, you know, a, a person of color as the main uh, character and just like, blonde white girls as the Heathers. I mean, keep that same kind of trope there from the original mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of use that to inform kind of the cultural and, and class clash that is happening uh, at right. the school that's causing I, these issues. I think I took more of the essence of each of their demeanors. And then for some reason, I was just really inspired by particular actors that I thought would kind of grab that. And, you know, they're kind of known for roles that are similar. Um, and of course, given a cubicle setting, you know, the possibilities are endless. So anything that they've done in Heather's, whether it's the lunchtime poll, you know, that can instantly be a Facebook poll since everybody's on social media sure. during the day. You know, so the par so I kind of found parallels, you know, um, the Remington party isn't a college party. It's a networking event because they're all in a cubicle, you know, so yeah. everything just sort of has a, a little skew to, hey, we're a little older. So this would be the setting nice. sort of thing. I did the social media thing as well because I thought about the the weird choice in Heather's that she can just magically uh, do everybody's handwriting perfectly. Is it's a weird choice? I get I get why they do for the plot, but it just doesn't seem it's a little clunky. And mm -hmm. with social media, I figured that a better way to go about it is that the reason Veronica's kind of kept around by the Heather's is that she got the Wi-Fi password, like the the like to change the settings of the Wi-Fi in the school, which allowed her access to people's social media logins if they use the Wi-Fi to log in. So she has access to like most of the students' Facebooks and stuff that they can go in and look at private stuff on their Facebook, their messages, that kind of thing. So oh, phenomenal hacker. <laughs> base level hacking in this, but yeah. very reasonable expectation for like a teenager to be able to do the kind of thing hacking. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's the real motivation for the Heathers to like kind of pull her into their group is that she has this access that is intense, which then instead of leaving the letter for uh, for the quote unquote suicide, suicide, it's a Facebook post you know, <laughs> exactly. stuff like that that allows you to still have that same conversation, but in a more modern kind of way. Mm-hmm. I did the same. Yeah, I did the same thing. Just tried to find those parallels. Yep. For those unfamiliar with how we do Smack My Pitch Up, we have a real take, a version that we think might work the best. We're, we're actually making casting choices, directing choices, based on things we think might actually work if you were to do a reboot or remake. Then we have our remix version, which is just a kind of wide open, outside the box, weird take. It might be so weird that it works, but oftentimes it's just a choice that maybe some producer somewhere would make and then get fired immediately after the movie tanks. <laughs> But it'd be great if you had a nice stash of green stuff and you yeah, right. could pack it real tight. <laughs> That's if I could only get financing to do really weird choice remakes of movies for like low budget. And that would just be my entire career path. I would be so down for that. So producers, yeah. if you're listening, give me money. <laughs> Let me realize my dreams of like a John Waters He-Man movie or my... Uh, oh. <laughs> I want that one so bad. That's one of my favorites that we've done. Oh my. So uh, for your real take, for your real version, who do you have as your director? I chose, is it Ryan Johnson? Ryan Johnson? Ryan, uh, from, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yeah. From Knives Out. Um, okay. Chose Ryan from Knives Out. Um, I just, I've seen it so many times already. It's on Amazon right now for free. It There's just... You know, I love Wes Anderson as a director, but mm-hmm. obviously he's so stylized and it's so just it's, in your face, yeah. which has its time and place, but it is just the Wes Anderson show. What I liked about Knives Out is it still had beautiful shots and beautiful character and lots of texture, um, but it it wasn't, you know, completely affected. It was just really, it was, I liked it. Sure. And it does it with Wes Anderson. There is kind of that underlying demented tone. That mm-hmm. goes along, and Ryan Johnson does have that at Knives Out as well. It's just, yeah, it's it's a little bit. It doesn't have that special seasoning flavor that is every single Wes Anderson movie tastes the same. You know, it has the same elements that give it that kind of whimsical, yes. uh, waspy approach to uh, the demented <laughs> humor. But he also directed some Breaking Bad as well, so you know he can get gritty. He can get. Um, you know, into kind of the underbelly of things as well. Well, and before he did, of course, uh, people are familiar with him doing The Last Jedi, but before that, he also did the, uh, was it Brick? I think he did, which um, I'm double checking. I think that was Ryan Johnson, uh, which was a Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie that was very oh, great. that's so funny you mentioned him. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> I, I love me some JGL. I get picked on oh, for it sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I love... Uh, Ryan Johnson, I think he's a great director. I think he's versatile as a director as well. I I don't think he has one gear that he directs under. Yeah, I don't think he's really... I mean, I, he clearly has a perspective, which is nice, but it's not like something you, you look at and go, oh, yeah, that's Ryan Johnson, clearly, clearly. And it's not overly saturated. It's just... Yeah, he's got a perspective, mm-hmm. and you dig it, and it's it's gritty, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, this is a kind of a modern noir movie, Brick, uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That is uh, Ryan Johnson directed that. He also did Looper, which Looper is was, a okay. very fun movie. That is gr- okay. So I didn't even know that, but that's great. So I was clearly on the right beam with this. this <laughs> it means it's kismet that these people yeah. are supposed to be working together. <laughs> Okay, so we got Ryan Johnson, which, yeah, great with an ensemble piece, uh, clearly with 
knives out and oh, just the banter and you know obviously i mean we, we don't talk about the writer but you know clearly just directing it well enough that just if there's supposed to be a gap it's the perfect length where you're either supposed to be uncomfortable or it's just long enough that you're back on board mm-hmm. or whatever I mean, I, it's just that it takes a real gift and he's got it nice i'm i think that's a great choice i'm i'd be really interested to see what ryan johnson would do <laughs> I, I love that he's made these big expansive movies like the last jedi and looper that are like world building and then you get something like Knives Out, where it's so very tiny as a movie. You know, there's, there's mainly just the house that's the set, and yeah. then there's a couple other sets. But, oh. it, but it, it, he is able to fill those spaces with so much information and wealth of uh, character development that it, you don't really recognize how few sets are actually in that movie. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. So, Ryan Johnson, um, mm-hmm. for mine... I really wanted to have this conversation of Heather's with uh, like a woman's voice uh, to make sure that it was coming from the perspective of girls really can be this evil um, when they're teenagers. I mean, just the hormones running wild and it can get a little wacky uh, to the point of maybe murder, but also have cause of divorce. (laughs) (laughs) And then also I wanted to, uh, you know, still have that whimsy to it, you know, still have fun with that conversation, dark, but funny. And I was absolutely blown away with Booksmart when that came out. I don't know this one. Uh, Booksmart, I believe it's on Hulu right now. It's okay. a kind of coming of age movie. Uh, these two, uh, well, young, young women are uh, looking at colleges where they're going, they're best friends. Um, and also conversations about relationships. One's gay, one's straight. They're talking about like the boys and the girls that they like and that they're into. There's like school parties and, they're not like the nerds that get picked on it by everybody, but they're not like the, the cool kids either. There's some sure. kind of in between area and it's wickedly funny. It's uh it's dark in places, uh, an incredibly well written, uh, movie and great acting. And I have a couple of the book smart actors in my versions as well. Okay. Uh, that was directed by actress, Olivia Wilde. You are kidding! Yep, yeah, she absolutely did book smart. She's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I know her from House, of course, and then uh, there was a movie about her, The Drinking Buddies. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen Drinking Buddies. Similar. So it's not. I mean, it's definitely in the realm that she could do indie for sure, um, and be a little offbeat. So that's amazing. Yeah, I, I thoroughly suggest if you have not had a chance to okay. enjoy Book Smart, it yeah. is. It's wonderfully honest. It is uh, heartwarming, but also it doesn't kind of pull its punches from like the the dumb crap that people argue about and get in, you know, get all up in arms over. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed it. And what kind of made me enjoy it more than anything else is that it was clearly not for me. Like, I, <laughs> a, like a dude in his late 30s is not like their main focus for that uh, that movie, but it didn't ignore me either like I didn't feel like I w- I wasn't supposed to be watching it like it was purely a good movie in its own right it's like kids movies where the adults still enjoy it that's kind of how I felt with Booksmart is that this was written for for women period and especially like younger women that or maybe older women that are recognizing that time when they were in high school that be- they behave that way and uh but it didn't shut me out and I, I I really liked that Okay. So Olivia Wilde is my director for Heather's to be able to have that kind of conversation about, well, about women and about the, how they interact with one another and the competition and the drive. And uh, I, I'm really interested to see what she would do with something like Heather's where it's a little bit darker than Booksmart. Yeah. 
Yeah. So for your Ryan Johnson version, if you want to kind of go down your list of cast of characters. Yes, yes. So Veronica, I chose Kristen Ritter. Oh, nice. Okay. You know, just a little homage to Winona with sort of the dark hair, fair skin. Um, But, you know, I loved her. I love her in everything. You know, Jessica Jones, uh, Mm -hmm. The Bee in Apartment 23. um, Just so she's versatile. I feel like she's she has a little bit of a hard shell, but she's not a total stone cold, you know, bitch. So she can she can be torn, you know, where she wants to be with the click, but she still has a conscience. And she can still has pretty good comedic timing for being able to like be it like straight faced with the material and still just hit the timing right to make it funny. And still deliver it. Yes. Uh, Heather number one, which was, um, you know, sort of the ringleader. I chose Ali Wong and she is, you know, stone cold. She's and like I said, they're a little older now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, Ali's actually married. She's in a very unhappy marriage. And so this makes her very bitchy and very just focused on her work Mm -hmm. and just sort of the ringleader. And if I'm going to be miserable, I want everybody else to be miserable. (laughs) And, and she just sort of becomes the ringleader for everybody. No, I like that because it, it informs that there is a reason why these, these women are heinous. It's not just, just cause there's not mustache twirling <laughs> happening. Exactly. Yeah. So she's trying to climb the corporate ladder because she just doesn't want to be at home. <laughs> Fair. Okay. <laughs> um, Heather to Blake Lively. I love Blake. And it was seeing her in um, a simple favor that it did it for me. You know, I've been told by several people now that that was pretty solid. That's with, uh, it was it Anna Kendrick. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's nice. It's nice. It's it's not mind blowing. It's not riveting, but it is great. And just seeing her in these sharp suits and um, yeah. So you know, Heather number two was a little more affable. She was the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. She was just like, I want people to like me. And and her story is she's just lonely. She just hasn't found anybody, and so she's just kind of following people around. Like, I want you to like me, and I've got this emptiness, and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of what drives what drives her. Uh, Heather number three, I chose Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> I I was dancing around Aubrey Plaza, but she was a little too old for my version. For your version, she's perfect. Yeah. But for my version, she was just like, aged out a little too much, and I couldn't pull the trigger. But a yeah. great choice. Fantastic choice. One of my yeah, first thoughts. You know, not 100% vapid, but we don't know a whole lot about her. We know she wants to belong. We know, you know, she's just following everybody else. We know she doesn't have any initiative of her own. Um, but again, you know, just as uh, Shannon Doherty was... You, didn't quite hate her, but you certainly didn't like her. She was just kind of there. She was kind of the the Heather that was there to be dumped on a little bit. Yeah. That, oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. So she, she in croquet. <laughs> yeah, especially in croquet. But she just, yeah, she was there to kind of take all the ridicule, was uh, to get all the blame placed on her when things didn't go right, or uh, that that character, mm-hmm. and uh, to the point where I felt kind of bad for that Heather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to see a lot of uh, Aubrey Plaza's eye rolls is what I want to see. Yes. Um, JD, I chose Ryan Gosling. Oh, of course, because Ryan Gosling. All good things, you know, crazy, stupid love. He's just, he's in the tailored suits and, you know, they're in the office. So he's in the tailored suit. He is the man's man. He is, you know, but he's just got this bitterness and this mm. <laughs> angst that he has got to unleash <laughs> a little a little uh american psycho vibes you know bit. i just thought of that as yeah as i was saying it exactly nice uh martha dump truck i kind of 
uh, contorted her character a little bit. You know, she's definitely the one that everyone dumps on and, and she's sort of sad, but in the office, she's actually the aged out boss, which is why she gets teased. It's not that she's overweight or people or that, you know, it's just a different reason why she is ostracized. And it's because she's older. She's a boss. She's a relic. And I thought of Jane Lynch for that one. Okay. I love Jane Lynch so much. She is so oh, funny. She And I just thought if it's just scenes with her, she could be really quippy and find power when she can. But when she's presented with this group of jackals, you know, that's just out to get her, I could totally see her being slightly vulnerable in the moment. <laughs> and it would still be really funny. Nice. She's great. I really like her. Yeah. Uh, Kurt and Ram. So this is where the tie-in comes in. Kurt would be Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> and Ram would be Donald Glover. Nice. I think those two just skulking around the water cooler or the break room or a happy hour networking event. I think the two of them, you would just, the whole time you'd be watching it, you'd just be like, get the fuck out of here, guys. You know, they would just be awful. I kind of love the idea of them playing as like the, the, the tag team duo, uh, kind of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross vibes to them where they're the, like the outside salespeople that are just kind of douchebags and everybody deals with them because they're the ones that have to go deal with the clients and they make all the money. So everybody just has to. It's so cool to say that because as I was thinking of this, I'm like, well, what business would they be in? I was thinking lawyers, but that's a little easy. And I thought something in sales and that's exactly what I thought. I was like, these guys would be on the, the top of the list for sales every month. So you can't deny they're doing something right, mm -hmm. but they're just awful people. Just awful. Like, <laughs> They take their clients out to like steak dinners and drinks and stuff to come back to the office hammered, um, mm -hmm. saying inappropriate things. Everybody deals with it because they just they sell enough that you can't justify getting rid of them. It would be too much of a dump in our, in the sales. Sounds like a job I had in San Francisco a long time ago with uh, commercial real estate brokers. They would go wine and dine people at lunch and come back and get grabby. <laughs> and oh, no. so, like, I'm sorry. I get drug tested for what I do on the weekend, but this is okay. Yeah, Are you right? kidding me? <laughs> hammered at work. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, and then the last main character I had, and I have some additional ideas. Um, the last main character was Betty, you know, was the childhood friend mm -hmm. that wanted to, you know, kind of reconnect with Veronica. And I thought Mindy Kaling. Um, because nice. especially from late night, because she's just so affable. Like she just is, she's got the kindest heart and she wants everybody around her to succeed. And mm -hmm. um, she really believes in herself, even though she has a few doubts, she just, she has her dream and she wants to go for it. So I just thought Mindy Kaling. And again, I, I sort of, I really wanted to create a colorful cast as well. Mm -hmm. um, given current time, you know, the current time and, yeah. and landscape. Um, so I thought she'd be a good one to just constantly pop in of like, hey, I made your favorite cookie from when we were 12. You know? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and everyone's like, okay. Well, talk about somebody that can fill an entire scene with their personality. Mindy Kaling is just this big, bright, burning star of, of, a, of a personality. So her coming in, even with a smaller role, would be able to just absolutely destroy at it. Mm -hmm. I agree. And then I thought for periphery characters, people who are just sort of known in this world, definitely Catherine O'Hara sort of embodying her Beetlejuice character. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, she's she's in the office, too. She dresses, you know, very postmodern and, and she's just cold and she's a bitch, but she's got great lines, of course, mm -hmm. and, and a little bit of Moira from Schitt's Creek. Oh, you know, of course. For the, the high art. Um, I would love to see Parker Posey um, just from the House of Yes. I don't know if you've seen that one i have not seen house of yes but i am very familiar with parker posey and i can see her kind of even 
going for the throne of the Heather throne at some point herself, but just not having the tools necessary, something like that. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Neil Patrick Harris. I would love to see him deliver just bitingly awful, just irreparable comments where you just <laughs> those dimples and that hair and you know him for who he is and then you just hear something sadistic come out of his mouth yes. I would love. Um, and then the other two would be james franco and bill murray just oh, somehow man. need to be in there whether it's you know jd's roommate or you know they're just affiliated somehow sure. <laughs> and i was thinking of bill murray from saint vincent when he's just it is just doing whatever the hell he wants to in that movie. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Nothing like Bill Murray beating up a, a young, like 12 year old skateboarder to really get your day going. This is how you want to make his nose bleed. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. And I thought of certain parallels, like instead of cow tipping, maybe they tease the homeless, you know, when they leave the oh, office building and yeah. there are people out on the street. So it's like, yeah, man, you got to get in, get, get in on this, you know, and take their cardboard box or, you know, kick them a little bit or say something horrible. So there's always some sort of equivalent to what Heather's had that we can bring sort of to current time sure. or, or um, sort of an urban environment. I think though, like, no, I agree completely. And I think that's a very doable thing, but comparing like tipping cows to like, I don't know, paying bums to fight each other is a little... <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah, we need to take it. I clearly didn't go enough. Yeah, actually, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That, I feel like the bums fighting each other part is probably a little more drastic than the cow tipping. The cow tipping, like, I think, well, no, the cows can die if you tip them, right? Isn't that a thing? Well, I thought so. I, yeah. I don't know. I've never tipped a cow. Uh, listeners, if you've tipped a cow, uh, please write in, email us, whatever, and let us know if they die or if they just get up and they're like, that sucked. And then they move on with their lives. The hazards of cow tipping. Yeah, I, I really do not know. There was always a phrase they used in Heather's how very, you know, where they were mm -hmm. just sort of, mm, and I thought we could replace that with how savvy, you know. Nice. <laughs> it's still got that shitty tone, but <laughs> <laughs> a nice contemporary word. Oh, or uh, savvy is perfect, but if you wanted to do a call to another teen revenge movie, you uh -huh. could have fetch actually happening. Oh, <laughs> yes. Just use it throughout. Yeah. Nobody questions it. It's totally used. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Possibilities are endless. Absolutely. All right. So for my Olivia Wilde uh, version of Heather's, I've got my cast of character here. First, first off is Veronica. I need somebody with a, with a sharp wit, uh, real good comedic timing. And uh, an actress that I've seen in a few things that I really want to see in a lot more stuff is uh, Maya Erskine. Yeah. And, and uh, she was in Pen15 where she plays like a 15 year She was like 32, but she looks very young and she plays young very well. And so I think she can pull it off. Um, she is great in Pen15, has this terrible bowl cut. I think she has braces in it. It's just so awkward and wonderful. And then on the other end of it, she's in a romantic comedy uh called plus one with uh dennis quaid's kid um oh who is that one yeah i know who you're talking about uh, mm -hmm. from from the boys uh he's been in a bunch of other stuff okay. he, their chemistry is fantastic her comedic timing is absolutely great she's so quirky and fun and weird in that movie it's it's a lot of fun to watch them kind of bouncing off of each other mm -hmm. um so that's gonna be my veronica and she's you know her moved into town in the not 
in in recent times, her family's like re relatively new money from like a dot com or software development, something like that. Sounds and, right. Yeah, and then comes into just like old money, wealthy white neighborhood, and with a private Catholic school that all the 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 neighborhood kids go to. And then we've got JD, who's a, also a, a brand new transplant. He just got there, and I wanted yeah somebody that charming, but not in that like douchey waspy kind of way in kind of a like a quirky i go my own way vibe um i decided to go with uh, joe keery from uh, stranger things oh all right yeah he's got he's got that fantastic hair yes. that is totally an, an access point for people making fun of him like the jocks coming over and teasing him and calling him names and, and homophobic slurs and mm -hmm. uh, him having that fantastic hair could totally be the lead in for that conversation. And wow. also separating him from the people that have like slick pack hair or just like normal parts or just the normal uh, affluent haircut styles. It's the hard part now, Mike, the hard part. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been told that the parts and hairs have changed or something. And also apparently like skinny jeans aren't a thing anymore. Oh, they're out. Okay. They're, they're and out. If you uh, wear skinny jeans and uh, do a side part, then they know that you're, uh, then the then the Zoomers, the Gen Zs, uh, like know that you're a millennial or later or something. I don't know. <laughs> and we're totally over the man bun at this point, right? <laughs> Except for soccer players. <laughs> I hope so. I really, or or maybe like cooks. If right. you have long hair and you can totally put it up while you're working, that's fine. But oh, please. <laughs> so uh, Joe Keery. Um, as JD, so charming, um, kind of aloof, but can go, you know, can go for it when he needs to. I dig it. And I, I'd love to see just that turn of him being the like charming, kind of like bopping around, just fun, happy-go-lucky kind of dude, and then just that hard turn into the ulterior motive kind of leaking out. Yes. Then we've got uh, Heather Duke, which was, uh, what's her face, Do Donna from... Uh, Shannon Doherty? Mm -hmm. uh, Shannon Doherty, correct, yeah. yes. Uh, the Shannon Doherty, Heather. Um, I decided to go with the one of the two main girls from Booksmart, uh, Caitlin Deaver. She was also she's also in a series called Dope Sick, which is currently filming oh, yeah. in, in, in Richmond. Yeah, she she's in that as well. And uh, so I, she might she might be bopping around Richmond for all I know right, right. now. But she is fantastic. She is the, of the two friends. She is the the lesbian friend that came out like a year before. Um, that's not even really a focus on the movie, which I love also, aside from that there's a girl that she likes. That's mm -hmm. the only thing. It's not, that's not part of the story. It's just an aside that she happens to be. And I love mm -hmm. that that's happening more and more, that there's representation of just characters that happen to be. I love it. Absolutely. I mean, that's the beauty of Shit's Creek. Is exactly. It, it, there was no coming out. There's nobody that has an issue with it. It just is. Mm -hmm. Thankfully. Thankfully, it just is beautiful. It's beautiful for many reasons, but that is definitely one of them for Schitt's Creek. And what if, uh, what if we see her in Richmond? What if we approached her and said, "Hey, we have a video camera. You want to come hang out in our?" <laughs> right. Hey, come back to my apartment so I can film like, you. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't know how well like there's a chubby bearded dude coming up to her like, "Hey, I liked you in Booksmart. Come back to my apartment." I don't know. <laughs> that's all that smart. It's bad enough I was talking on a, another show that we do, uh, my girlfriend and I do, Deeply Upsetting. Yeah. And I was talking about search terms that we use for Smack My Pitch Up that oh. I I have before on like a work laptop typed in like 
young boys, 14 to 16. (laughs) No, okay, no, out of context, that sounds real bad. Incognito window. Right, yeah. Incognito window. Although, depending on if if they're doing any kind of like keystroke recordings or anything, that's worse if I put on the incognito window and then search for that's true it's a bit much but so we'll see it's any day now Uh, i'll be (laughs) i'll be fired for being a giant creep so okay so caitlin uh deaver from booksmart from dope sick that is uh heather the heather that's kind of picked on a little bit then we go on to heather chandler that's the leader that's the the head heather Mm -hmm. and i decided to go with uh florence Pugh for the head Heather. If you're unfamiliar, she was in, uh, she's in Don't Worry Darling, which is a new Olivia Wilde movie that's coming out relatively okay. soon. Uh, so that's the connection um, mm-hmm. with, with the director. But additionally, she was in Little Women as Amy, uh, the new Little Women. She's striking. Oh, she's very striking. Uh, she yeah. was in Midsummer as the, the yeah. main. Oh, woman. that's right. Yep. Twisted. Yes. And also, as far as comedic timing goes, she was in Fighting With My Family. Yes. Uh, which had Nick Frost in it about just a wrestling family and one of them going on to join the WWE. Mm-hmm. And that movie, I was really surprised at how emotional it was. I, <laughs> I it's, it's a WWE movie. I wasn't expecting to have feelings. <laughs> they got you here and they then they did. got you here. Exactly. Then... Before they gave me an elbow drop, they, they gave me my heart uh, elbow drop. <laughs> right. And... But she was great in that. She was great in Little Women. A incredible actress. Uh, gr- real solid acting chops for her age. Uh, mm-hmm. That I think would just knock it out of the park as just this smarmy, like just shitty, uh, self-important, just full, full, fully privileged uh, mm-hmm. character. The teen ice queen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then we've got the uh, the second uh, in charge, Heather. The yeah, the cheerleader. cheerleader. The mm-hmm. Uh, the one that wants to be liked. Um, I decided to go with a actress that we've seen grow up on screen, but is now like weirdly in her early twenties, which makes me very uncomfortable. Uh, not in a like attractive way so much as that. Like, no, you're you're always going to be ten in my right, brain. Right. Is Maude Apatow? Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> Judd Apatow's daughter that's been in a bunch of his movies, yeah. uh, but she's struck out on her own. She's uh, currently. I believe still in the series Euphoria. Okay. That has uh, that has Zendaya in it as the main character. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible show. Fantastic show. It's it's rough though. I mean, it's about like teen like drug abuse and like and sex and uh, it's it's a very very dark show. Okay. So it, from, you know, knocked up to <laughs> to Euphoria <laughs> is kind of a hard turn. Mm-hmm. But I think giving her Different, different types of roles at this point in her career can only be helpful. Yeah, that she doesn't. Would, get, she's early twenties. Early, like I think she's like twenty two or twenty three around that. So, perfect time for her to kind of really show off what she's capable of doing as an actor. And I think she's clearly got comedic timing. So that's that's great. Mm-hmm. But she's got to be able to do the dramatic stuff. She's got to be able to play bitchy characters and fun characters and just kind of fill it out a little bit more. And I think she'd do great with this character as kind of an entrance way into being the bitchy character, quote unquote. Yes. And we need to know where she's coming from. You know, as I said, with that's what I like about these other characters is you, you kind of know what their home life is. So mm-hmm. yeah, she's just got to be able to portray that. Well, clearly she's alone at home and she's desperate for attention and 
Um, it, it's just got to be obvious. Yeah. When, especially Olivia Wilde, the way that she uh, deftly took care of her characters in Booksmart. So you fully understood them, even when they were being kind of shitty to one another. The, you understood the intention. It all came from a good place and it just got misconstrued or something. You know, there, there's, there were no like villains, quote unquote. Right. Even people that acted shitty, there was, they weren't villains. They weren't twirling their mustaches and saying how much they love to do evil, you know? Right. And so you got to, even, even the head Heather, even Florence Pugh, who is the worst character in there, you have to understand the motivations. You know? You've got to humanize them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So then we've got, uh, I've got two more casting choices here, uh, and that's the, the football brothers, uh, the, the, the Kurt and Ram characters Ram. here. Uh, for those, they're kind of interchangeable as far as like who you would cast for either one. They're just like the two-dimensional jockey dudes. Tweedledee um, and Tweedledum. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I decided to go with, uh, now this is really fun for me, uh, the choices that I made. These are two characters that actually played love interests with one another in another movie. Okay. Uh, the, the two characters that I pl- uh, got, Kurt Kelly, I got uh, uh, Keaton Lonsdale to play Kurt, and he is Kid Flash in the Flash series, oh. uh, but he's also in Love, Simon, which is a very <laughs> sweet story about a, a kid that's, uh, that's gay. I think, his, I think his family knows he, he's gay, but, his, but the school doesn't, mm-hmm. and he gets accidentally outed, and he's been like sending emails back and forth with this other kid in the school that is afraid to come out and he's trying to figure out who it is. And that's kind of the plot. It's a, it's an adorable movie. Okay. Very cute. Uh, and the two love interests are uh, Keaton Lonsdale is the kid that eventually he, he meets later in the movie. And uh, Nick Robinson is Simon is, uh, oh, is nice. that's the main character. So he's yep, going to be Ram. Yep, yep. So I thought it'd be funny oh, to, you know, jock. He's, the- um, he's got those James Franco eyes. He does. He he was also the older brother in Jurassic World mm-hmm. um, when that came out. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he, yeah, he can play, he could do the douchey jock thing, but it's clearly there's more than that going on. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that being used by other people as like, I always knew he was gay kind of attitudes about it. <laughs> and, uh, but I also thought it would be kind of fun to cast two characters that were love interests with each other in another movie. Uh, who were gay in that movie to play jocks that were kind of uh, accused of being gay or like being it's a great homage. Yeah, it's a absolutely. Perfect homage. Yeah. So, so those are my uh, castings that I did for my Olivia Wilde version of Heather's. So it's, it, I want it to be charming. I want it to be dark though. I mean, it's going to absolutely be dark. And I think the couple things that was a, a challenge to me was the, the gun scene. You can't have it just because he'd get kicked out of school immediately. And it's just too sensitive. It's mm-hmm. just, it doesn't sit well with people. It, you know, you don't want them to dislike the characters that much. Yeah. I mean, you, obviously we know we want them to be disliked, um, but that crosses the line into the kind of the fourth wall of yikes. That's way too realistic. Too, way too real. So with that, I thought doing some sort of, I don't know, like this is how disconnected with the youth I am on what the youth's <laughs> like. But I was like, they can like, I don't know, have like a Thai pot eating contest or like do the flip bottle thing. And then he flips a bottle, but he like throws it at their head or something. But uh-huh. nobody's doing that stuff anymore, though. So that's like, that's me. I heard it a couple years ago and went, well, that's just what kids do now. And mm-hmm. that's not true. So, but some sort of weird competition thing that he turns to end up getting them, in, the, the football players almost injured and not be able to play the game. 
would be something justifying a week suspension, not mm-hmm. pulling a gun with blanks in them. <laughs> That's kids will be kids right. now. <laughs> Well, I one of my throwbacks was instead of the croquet scene, it was frisbee golf. <laughs> yes, frisbee golf, perfect. <laughs> but I think back to like the, the what you got in trouble for or didn't get in trouble for over the years, and you know, I heard stories from you know my my mom's generation about them partying and like drinking and driving. The cops would catch them, and they'd be it was like, "You go right home now," you know, like that, like all oh, kids will be kids. There was just not this attitude of like, "Oh, you might end up killing people." Literally, or yourself, as late as 90, I'm going to say 92, 93, I definitely don't even think I was 21 yet. I got pulled several times. I should not have been driving. And they would say, well, you're only a few miles away, so just take it easy. I have no earthly idea how I'm not responsible for, yeah, the death of someone or myself. So it's one of those things that you see how how different time has changed, and in a lot of ways for the good. Uh, but pulling a gun in school just does not work. Uh, it was a similar conversation that we had when we uh, did a remake of the breakfast club is oh. that there was a conversation that he, like that he, he brought, brought, he, or he brought a, a flare gun to school. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, was the that thing. Was Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, Anthony right, Michael Hall. Right. And that. I think Amelia with his butt cheeks being taped. Or oh, right. Taping the butt cheeks. <laughs> but yeah, he got Saturday school for bringing a flare gun to school. And I'm like, yeah, it's a flare gun, but also like. No, like you're, you're expelled. Sorry, bro. Like that's, that's how today would handle it. Mm -hmm. So we had to kind of change that format a little bit. So I I think just some kind of dumb kid competition thing is the best way to do that. Make the, make the jocks look like assholes and possibly injure themselves and Mm -hmm. cool. Then you got your suspension. Well, I thought for the office scene, you know, being in an office, it would definitely be a team meeting in a conference room and it would be someone has, uh, faked an email that was sent, you know, so someone else is being pegged for this horrific email that just either takes down the company or implicates like their boss is an adulterer or just this scandalous scathing email. Uh, and it was one of the Heathers that, that got behind someone else's computer and sent it. And so they totally pin it on somebody else. Oh man. Their downfall. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> nice. Now, this is where it gets weird, because we are about to get into our remix versions of, uh, of Heather's here. So I just reminded, this isn't stuff that we think will actually work. Uh, it's just a, a, just a fun mental game of like figuring out what would it look like if it was like this. So for your remix version, uh, are you keeping it as like a dark comedy? Are you changing the genre? Are you changing the time period? Is it a cyberpunk future, Heather's? Like, what are we doing with your version here? We are giving a nod to a classic television show that ran seven seasons. Okay. Um, and time frame could be it, time frame could certainly be current, but we are definitely skewing the age by a long shot. Okay. Um, and so I thought we could equate it to the Golden Girls. <laughs> yes. That is amazing, <laughs> especially with the news that Golden Girls is about to drop on Disney Plus pretty soon. Here. <laughs> well, so, I've had it on DVD for a long time. <laughs> I unapologetically. <laughs> love the golden girls like unironically just straight up like so so adorable it is amazing and so of course they're crotchety you know they they're just grumpy with everything and they have decided that they are so old and they have nothing to lose that they're just going to start taking it out on everyone around them <laughs> 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 um 
Yes, I don't know if you want me to do the the casting, the quick, just a quick. Yeah, yeah, let's just shoot through the casting real quick. All right, so I chose uh, Sophia for Veronica, but she actually has a little past. She she actually has kind of a, a past of being a hitman. And so, you know how Sophia always used to say, picture it, Sicily. You know, Veronica gets to say, picture it, and she'll tell you about a job that she's done, like someone she's whacked. Oh, Jesus. So, okay. <laughs> So she's no stranger to it. Um, and then, of course, the coldest Heather, I chose Dorothy just because she's got that deadpan. B. Arthur mm -hmm. has that deadpan phase and can deliver anything just with, with that tone. Um, Heather number two would be Blanche. You know, she sleeps with everyone. She's, you know, kind of equating the, the stereotypical cheerleader that just is kind of with everybody. So Blanche is, of course, just you know, trolling the old folks' homes and bumping into old men at the, the grocery store and just trying to make it happen. <laughs> and then, Heather number three would be Rose, where she's just like sweet and, you know, oh, doesn't no. really know what's going on. But, but you'd be surprised at me because Betty White does have a great dark sense of humor and she can be really crass. So we get to see that just a little bit where she kind of comes out with some dirty lines. I do love this like old people version of Heather's of just the idea of like competition with one another and being crotchety and picky and. Oh. Like how much that changes how much you take them seriously when they're like on the other side of life, you know, mm -hmm. not teenagers, but they're in their say seventies and eighties. It mm -hmm. changes kind of that they could be actively trying to murder one another and people would be like, that's adorable. I love, I love old people that are crotchety or something <laughs> and they're trying to murder each other. And you know what I just realized is, you know, Heather's, they're so young they don't get the repercussions of what they're doing. Maybe, you mm -hmm. know, they, they probably haven't lost anyone close. They probably, they don't have that reverence for life yet because they're too young. Whereas these women have seen it and done it all. So that's why they don't have a reverence because they just know what are they going to do? Put me in jail for the next two years until I die in a cell or something. Yeah, right? I mean, they've all got cyanide pills in their jewelry box. They're about to break out if, if the shit goes down. So. I've, I've always wondered why there aren't more like elderly retirees just doing crime. Just lots of old people crime because if you're like, if you're like 96 years old and you can still get around. Okay. I'm, I'm robbing a bank. Like I don't, I, what are they going to do? And like, I am, I've got six months to live. So do you want to be the jerk that puts a 96 year old behind bars? No, I know. I hope that, I hope it's a televised hearing because <laughs> I'm going to see that for sure. <laughs> yeah. We've, I mean, there's so many incidents where, you know, just, things that normally irritate old people instead of them just complaining about it, they actually take action so they can trip people with their, with their canes and their walkers. They can nice. do an early bird special with X lax or Viagra, you know, they can, I mean, they're, they're on it. Yeah. You, yeah. If you're doing old people, you got to do a Viagra joke in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that could be like something that's mixed in and, and instead of the Drano or something. And oh, right. Right. So, exactly. Along those lines. Something that they know. I mean, they all know their medications well, so they will know what will have an adverse reaction to somebody who's got a condition. So right. <laughs> they'll serve them as little petty fours. And next thing you know, someone's on the ground. <laughs> well, that's yeah. There, is, there are some things that you can't take if you are do use, use Viagra. I remember that from some, romantic comedy starring Jack Nicholson where it's the one. Oh, right. With Amanda Pete, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yes. And they said, have you taken it? And he's like, oh, absolutely not. And then they say, well, it could cause this if you've taken this. And he's like, okay, yep. <laughs> like, leave the room. This is, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. If, if you're doing like old people trying to get it on, you got to have a Viagra joke. It's I think a rule somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 
And we all know that um, venereal diseases run rampant in the old folks homes down in Florida. I found that out a couple years ago and I thought somebody was joking that I looked into it and it's 100% true. Just it is. Gone, lousy with gonorrhea. Just, I mean, old people no just- chance of pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, right? Just, I mean, if you're, if you're 80 and you're still wanting to get down, like everybody in that old folks home was probably like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? Elmer's bare back in it. And it's right? uh... <laughs> oh, like, oh no. Oh no. Yeah. It's, it's a close community. Probably just being like, it's cool. We've all got the clap. It's not. <laughs> and I'm giving it to you. <laughs> Give it to you. That's our entry fee into the, into the old people orgy that's uh, happening here. All right, so that that is your uh, Golden Girls uh, version. Yeah, and then Stan would be JD. You know, he there weren't many male characters. Stan was just sort of the staple, was sure. Dorothy's ex. Um, and so, you know, of course, there's a two-page joke in there somewhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> for for me, I decided to kind of play with as much as I liked the idea of Olivia Wilde doing this because she is thoughtful about her characters and especially female characters and and properly representative and of, of uh, different backgrounds and, and cultures uh, and really smart, modern style director. I wanted to kind of go the other end with my remix and have a director that just all the women are basically cartoon characters in her, in his movies. Uh, he is just like all style, no substance with the way that he directs. Um, <laughs> he's, it's a running joke that he's just an off awesomely bad director that there's movies that are truly enjoyable that he's done, but they're just, they're not realistic. Like it's, it's basically a live action cartoon of action comedy movies that he does. This is the director of Charlie's angels one and two. Oh yes. Mick G. Mick G. Yep. Mick G. Uh, did the babysitter and babysitter uh, two. I forget the name of the second one uh, on Netflix yeah. uh, did Terminator salvation also weirdly, but he is no, he's a known quantity as just wacky. Wacky. Pleasure. Oh, yeah, Guilty total. Pleasure. Yes. Big, dumb, fun, action comedy kind of stuff. <laughs> so I I th- it. so it, it could still very much be a fun movie, but it's just not going to be tonally anywhere close to the original. Mm-hmm. These characters are just fu- wide open. Wide open characters. <laughs> I love it. Just incredibly crazy ways that people die in this movie. There's probably a lot more fire and explosions <laughs> that happen. <laughs> And there just, needs to be, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And oh, great. So, so Mick G directing a Heather's remake uh, with Veronica. I went with uh, a new actress that hit the scene. Hasn't been in a lot of stuff. You may know her as Ted's daughter in Bill and Ted face. The music is the, the big role that she played mm-hmm. uh, is Bridget Lundy Payne. Okay. Don't know her yeah, yet. Okay. She played Keanu Reeves's daughter in the, the last uh, Bill and Ted movie that just came out. And she was great. She was able to really nail a lot of the mannerisms that 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 Ted had. Very unique looking. Very, oh, yeah, very unique looking. So that that kind of in this two dimensional version of Heather's because McGee is not spending time trying to flesh out these people. Mm-mm. Even like she's still very pretty, but she's got a very unique look. That can be enough to kind of separate her from the other Heather's. Mm-hmm. So um, self is almost just a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like we've got it. JD, the love interest, and I. I played with a lot of different ideas for uh for this character for the love interest and then I remembered that I recently watched a movie with this a great young actor that is the right age group uh for for the character and I think could really nail it um it, Kyle Allen he was in a movie recently called a uh, map of tiny perfect things 
It just dropped on Amazon Prime recently, and it's basically like a teen comedy version of Groundhog Day. Oh, ah! Yeah. So it's like this this kid uh, that's played by Kyle Allen. He ends up waking up the same day over and over again, and then he runs into a a girl his age that is going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So they end up kind of teaming up, but not getting romantic, because then it would get weird if they're the only two people that remember that it's the same day every day. Mm-hmm. But then there's clearly feelings happening. And then, of course, teen comedy ensues. Mm-hmm. ensues. He's great. He's super charming. He's got like a slightly jockey vibe, but in that kind of like alternative skateboarder kind of jockey vibe, not like football player. Yeah. Um, good looking dude. I think I think he would have a lot of fun playing this just wide open, like psychopath um, boyfriend character. Yeah. Yes. Then we've got Heather Duke. Uh, that was the the dumped on one, the, mm-hmm. the Donna of the, group. <laughs> the bottom, the bottom ring. And I went with somebody that was actually in book smart as well. Uh, even though this is the Mick G version, because I think Mick G would make kind of choices that the, the dumped on Heather would be a, a bigger girl would be like the, the girl that like takes all the flack and like, there is something clearly two dimensionally separating her from the other two Heathers as well. She's there to just compliment them all the time and, and be around as just like this, kind of yipping dog around the bulldog in a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went with a, a fantastic actress, uh, Beanie Feldstein, who's okay. also in Don't Worry Darling, uh, which is that new movie coming out with, from Olivia Wilde, uh, Booksmart, uh, was in What We Do in the Shadows as well. Oh, that's where I know yeah. her. Okay, yeah. And she was, I yeah. think, Jeannie or something. She was a college girl that ended up becoming a vampire yes. uh, through the, throughout the series. If you have if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows, uh, the series, it is phenomenal. So much fun. It's really good. Her face has character too. You did a great job. I mean, she's she's striking. It's her mouth. You know, she just has a very animated mouth when she's smiling mm-hmm. and laughing when I look at pictures. So yeah, you did a great job. I think she'd be really fun in that role as uh, Heather Duke. Then we've got the the ringleader, the head Heather Heather Chandler. I decided to go with a. Uh, actress that has absolutely played the mean girl before and will abs- nail this no problem, and especially even exaggerated, would be able to do it from her time on American Horror Story and Scream Queens, Emma Roberts. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah. it's like a part that she was born to play almost. I Yeah, I finally watched Coven just for the first time this year. And I was just blown away at how icy that woman can be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should say young lady. I was just blown away at how icy she could be. She kills it. Yeah. And then Good we've one. got a Heather McNamara, the cheerleader type. And I decided to go with an actress that has worked with McGee before. Uh, was the love interest in the first babysitter movie and was the well, kind of villain in the second one. Uh, Emily... Alan Lind is the name of the actress, and she's got a very interesting look as well. Um, just a kind of a interesting facial shape. Um, very pretty, very pretty young lady, but mm-hmm. just very unique. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to see, like, the different shapes and sizes of you know a, a unique looking people for all these different characters, except for the main Heather. That is just that classic yes. blonde look, you know. She's got the cupy face with like the heart chin. Like mm-hmm. she is. Yeah. She, she looks. Heard. Yeah. Cupy is, is right. That's exactly kind of the kind of look she has, which very beautiful, but it's mm-hmm. not the like modern classic, beautiful facial shape really. Mm-hmm. So 
Oh, good choices. And then we've got for Kurt Kelly, one of the football jocks. I decided to go with an actor that I've loved in a few things, uh, but you may know him from Percy Jackson movies, the per- Percy Jackson yeah, movies. the Lightning Thief. Yeah. Uh, the Lightning Thief, uh, and also Perks of Being a Wallflower, which was one of my favorite books growing up in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan Lerman as the actor. Yes. And I think he'd have a lot of fun playing just this over-the-top, super goofy uh, caricature of a jockey football player. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we've got Ram uh, that I decided to go with the jockey douchebag from Euphoria. Um, he plays Nate in the mo- in the show Euphoria with uh, with Zendaya and and company, okay. and also is in all three of the Kissing Booth movies. I guess uh. <laughs> I I guess he I think he's the love interest in all three of those. I'm not sure, but uh, Jacob Elordi is the name of the actor, and he's good looking, athletic, you know, just kind of like middle America looking, pretty boy jock type. See dude. him, yes, so. he's Australian. Oh, that that sounds right. Yeah. Yep. So I'm learning in your free time, you watch a lot of teen rom com. <laughs> that is a secret between you and me and the audience that is listening to this episode. <laughs> and everyone who's listening. <laughs> Again, one of those things that, you know, for some people, it would be acceptable to watch all three Kissing Booth movies for a chubby bearded dude in his late 30s sitting in his underwear watching Kissing Booth 2. <laughs> Meaning that I, I'm familiar with the first one and decided to like double down and watch the second one. Uh-huh. Then, uh, yeah, that's, that's a bit much. That's ironically or unironically. <laughs> uh, hopefully ironically. That's the only excuse. <laughs> oh so my God. that is our, our casting for our remake versions for our real take versions. Uh, now we've got a couple minutes to throw out any ideas that we have for other mashups. We've got the golden girls, which I think is brilliant. Oh, it. I think also with your, older version like in an office space kind of uh thing Mm -hmm. uh like the office would would definitely be something that could be kind of mashed in there as well Mm -hmm. you can see it maybe them working for a different branch of dunder mifflin and then you could have like guest appearances by some of the characters and especially having that if you did the bj novak sort of directing style you know the gorilla style where they're actually looking at the cameras that could be great too you could literally have someone in the next cubicle over choking to death and you could have someone looking right at the camera like yep this is happening <laughs> and everybody's got their ear their airpods in listening to whatever you know doing their work or they're on a zoom meeting everybody's on a team meeting yes. and someone over here is just dying and nobody knows it perfect so. <laughs> so just like how many people can get off in the office surrounded by people that are just not paying attention mm-hmm. i love that i love that um, I think for a mashup, there's, I would love to do some sort of like bring it on meets Heather's kind of vibe where you're also incorporating some of the other angry, uh, like revenge teen girl movie characters as well. You get mean girls, you get jawbreaker, you get Heather's all at different schools going to a cheerleading competition. And it's like a, a mean girl off. And maybe they put on each other's costumes and they're like sabotaging each other. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, they could be. Yeah, I saw one of them in this in this uniform doing this uniform, thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and all of a sudden, she doesn't catch her when she's supposed to, or she launches her entirely too high. Nice. And... <laughs> or like setting fires and stuff. And the fact that they're all blonde white girls, like you can't tell them apart, so th- they can just have that. <laughs> have that like American Psycho thing where they just all get confused with one another because they all dress the same look the same yes 
into it. I, <laughs> I dig would it. Watch it. Now we are at the last little bit of our uh, our episode on Heather's, where we are both going to be doing some trailers yeah. for a, a version that we're going to do. I think I'm going to knock out some Mick G action for my okay. trailer. I think it'd be a lot more fun to do just like full on action Heather's uh, movie. Huh? Uh, which version do you think you're going to lean toward? I did the Golden Girls. Yeah, okay. I did it ready, and I totally, because it just was too, it was irresistible. Oh, fair enough. All right. Well, let me uh, let me cue up the music here. In a world of incontinence, orthopedic shoes are legal expression. With four evil silver-haired beauties, Evan Elton's key down to the floor. Don't to ask them to choose technology, and for the love of Jared Paul, they fuck off their lawn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We have four versions of Heather's now, but I think your Golden Girls version is my favorite. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, thank you. You know, I was, I was, once we got started, I was like, oh shit, is the Karen ones just a little too predictable? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, I think it's definitely taking a, a different approach to the material, but that's kind of the fun of the show is that you're yes. coming up with yes. like different ideas on how to approach it. And it's um, a movie I would want to see. Oh, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> want to see this which is why I went so far with the soundtrack because I thought I know what I want to play when you see them having a romantic moment I know what I want to see when they're walking out of a building that they just lit on fire like I know what I want to see absolutely all right speaking of things I want to see I definitely do want to see this Mick G version that I'm about to do here so let's uh let's get this show on the road Welcome to a new take on a classic 80s revenge film, Heathers. This ain't your, your mom's Heathers. This is Mick G's Heathers. From the director that brought you Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle and Babysitter. And the, the second Babysitter movie uh, that has some other name to it. And Terminator Salvation, Mick G's Heathers. Starring... Bridget Lundy Payne as Veronica, a, uh, a disaffected youth that decides to take revenge on her best friends for being such blonde jerks. This summer, the, the croquet is not the only thing that's in, that's in getting, it's in your yard, I don't know. Croquet, there's croquet in this movie. And uh, also in this movie is uh, Kyle Allen, Beanie Feldstein, Emma Roberts as the head Heather, and Logan Lerman and Jacob Elordi as Kurt and Ram, star-crossed lovers? This summer, McGee's Heathers. I just, I, I, it would be so, it would be such a tone-deaf version that I think it might actually be brilliant, the McGee version. So, uh, so that is that is our time for this episode of Smack My Pitch Up. Thank you so much, listeners, for sticking around hearing our incredibly stupid ideas for a remake of Heather's. Uh, if you have not seen Heather's, I know it's available on 
I think eight different streaming services for free. It's all over the place. So it's very easy to track down. Also, do yourself a favor and do like a double or triple feature. Check out Jawbreaker if you haven't seen Jawbreaker. Rewatch Mean Girls. I know you've probably seen Mean Girls. And it's a perfect uh, trilogy movie night uh, choice to do. So, yes, get yourself a lot of chocolate for Mean Girls. There we go. <laughs> for that scene or for that little plot they've got going on there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> perfect. But I, I want to thank Reese for coming on and helping me uh, pick apart this movie a little bit. Oh, thank you. And this is it was so much fun preparing. I can't even tell you. Well, I thank you for being a friend. Uh, <laughs> you know, I almost thought about doing a theme song. Thank you for being seen. <laughs> perfect. And also speaking of perfect, I, I do want to mention to the listeners that you actually were nice enough to put together something for this episode for, the, for their enjoyment. I did. I put together a soundtrack for my version of Heather's. Um, it is 19 tracks. I put it on Spotify. My username is HRH Queen Reese. And the playlist is called Smack My Pitch Up. Heather's reimagining. Um, so yeah, and you can put the link in in the post, but I just chose a lot of great local artists, a lot of great well-known songs just for various moods and feelings of what I want to see happen. Perfect. <laughs> well, I think that'll really inform the tone a little bit as well. Yes. So uh, th thank you for doing that. That's a great idea. And <laughs> I'll be, I'll have a link to that in the notes for this episode on, uh, we'll be posting links to it on our social media as well. So definitely take a look for that. Even if you just want to hear a new playlist and maybe find some new artists, that's the way to do it. Absolutely. Special local local artists. Yeah. And speaking of local artists, uh, definitely check out Chaco Sessions. Um, Chaco Live every Tuesday at 7.30 on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So def and I'll have links to that and, uh, and some of your other stuff, podcasts and what have you <laughs> on the links All the other well. places use my mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's important to let people know where you're using your mouth. It's, <laughs> it's quite important. So... Again, thank you. And uh, listeners, thank you so much for sticking around. We'll find you here next week for another episode. I'm Mike the Hobbit, and you just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. Hey guys, Scotty Big Daddy Preston here. That's right, the geek father asking you to join me here every other week with friends and family of the GUI Network as we go through all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent. So remember, join us or cry.